Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Man, it's good. It's good to be with everybody. Um, it really is being, it's better being together. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I live long enough to, to, to know that. Been in church a long time. This is literally like my second church um, in my life. Belong to two churches in my whole life. <clears throat> and um, it really is better when you're together. It's not easy. <laughs> Tell the truth. Sometimes you want to cuss folks out. Then you got to see if you're really holy or not. <laughs> but it's better being together for the purpose that God has for us. That's how he's designed us to function. It is not just me and Jesus. It is not just you and Jesus. You, I'm just not that good. You're just not that good. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. And let's move on with life. <laughs> we, need, we need to walk together in community. That's how we're created. Um, so, man, good times. That's not my message. That was just an extra nugget. Hallelujah. Today, <laughs> today we're going to talk about the sufficiency of Christ. The fact that he is sufficient. Sufficient. You know, I was excited when I heard the, from my brother, the worship team was going to sing... Uh, Jaira today because that the core message of that song to me is is the fact that he is everything that we have need of and that in him in him our life is completed in him we are established that's it end of story so today I want to really spend some time digging into this idea and this thought process from a specific passage of scripture, but I want to define this word as we get started. What does sufficient mean? Sufficient means this, and you go right in your dictionary, adequate for the purpose. Adequate for the purpose. If you go a little bit past the little semicolon there, some people don't know how to use, I love them. If you ever spend any time emailing with me, love semicolons. And after that semicolon says, enough. love that. Enough. He is enough. Period. You don't need extras. He is enough. So let's dig into this word and see what the word says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 15. If you noticed, last time I was here, we went through 1 Peter, and uh, a section in 1 Peter, so I thought maybe I could do a little pastor on, and if the next few times I preach, I could have like a survey of First and Second Peter to stay in that book and preach like he did with Nehemiah. So I don't know, maybe we'll work that out, PR. Um, but I thought it was very interesting when you look at the background of this letter uh, that's written by Peter, when you look into who it was written to, it was written to a diverse group of people, okay? It was written to a group of people in different areas in the church, partially in Asia Minor, like in modern day Turkey and around that area, but it was a diverse group of people. And I thought, man, isn't that really apropos for where we are today? that America as a nation needs a word like this to realize that there is sufficiency in Christ and Christ alone. And this message comes to a very diverse group of people. Diverse ethnically, diverse economically, diverse as far as interests, diverse not, not just ethnically in general, but in skin tone. And even some of the questions and commentary that's happening in our culture today. Much of what I'll speak to today, I believe answers what our culture is dealing with right now. Because the problem is so often we don't think Christ is sufficient. We think we get a little bit of knowledge, we get a little further down the road, and now that Jesus stuff needs to be revamped. That word of God needs an adjustment. 
There was a, a sad story of one, one pastor who used to pastor a really big church out in the Midwest. And um, at current, he's a universalist. If you don't know what that is, that's somebody who is basically believes that anybody makes it to heaven no matter what you do because God kind of just drops salvation on everybody. Read three minutes of the Bible and you'll know that's absolute falsehood. And it's a false teaching. But he's in that, that faith now, or if you can call it that, and one of his statements was, you know, I feel like certain portions of the New Testament need some revisions. And I'm telling you, I almost fell out of my chair on the ground at this man who used to preach the pure gospel. Don't add or take away exactly from this book. Why? Sufficiency is found in Christ, in the word of God. It's sufficient. So we get to this place and we think, oh, I've got it, and now I'll add these supplements because I'm a little smarter than God, you know? You know what I'm saying? Got me a little book learning. So I went a little further than what, what this little Bible teaches. No, anything that we receive is in concert, is in submission to this word, and we're gonna talk about that. So when this le- these letters come in First and Second Peter, they come to a d- very diverse group, but for this purpose, to zero us back in on Christ. So here's what it says, Second Peter 1, 1 through 15, read with me. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. That, guys, that's in your Bible. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that I'm putting off, the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. God bless your word. Father, thank you for your word today. We declare life and we declare to do the work it needs to do in our lives today. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. 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 All right, so there's three things I want to point out here as we look at this text of Scripture with this idea that Christ is sufficient in our lives. And the first thing is this. Christ is sufficient for our salvation. Verses 2 through 4 say this. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Why? Verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. 
by which he's granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. There is no sufficient means of salvation outside of Jesus Christ. There are no books. There are no programs. There are no conversations. There is no anything that is sufficient for salvation outside of Jesus Christ. Anything else is supplemental. And though it be supplemental, it is to be supplemental in submission to Christ. We don't get to add stuff because we thought God left some things out. Like I, I want to remind you, it's not for us to take the word of God and then go before an unbeliever and say, oh, you know, it's, it's kinda, he's kind of mean. It's that mean old grandpa that's over there in the den, and if we can kind of figure out a way for you to clean yourself up enough, you can maybe go visit him. That's sometimes how we present him. But the unfortunate thing is in trying to correct, we then present him as some kind of cosmic Santa Claus. You'll just come, he just has a bag of gifts for you and he doesn't care what you do. What? Where you got that from? (laughs) If I could ask. Neither of those are the presentation. Neither one. But he's a father who comes to us, and the father, although he's loving and merciful and gracious, he requires some things. There's some expectations to walk with the father in love, in grace, in mercy, but there's some expectations. You know, I got the, the opportunity yesterday and to, go, uh, to go help out. Is Rachel over there? My homegirl, Rachel, I love you, um, to, to, to go do some yard work over at my friend's house, and I took my boys. And at first, I didn't do a whole lot because my boys are working on learning some skills, okay? I, I, y'all with me? I, I used to work in lawn service, so I could be a little strong when it comes down. I'm like, bro, bro, why are you not overlapping the wheel? Why did I see those three blades of glass? Grass still standing up there, man. What's going on? Did you see? Did you see the path? Perimeter cutting. Perimeter. Perimeter. Till we get all the lawn people. It's you're either a row person or you're a perimeter person. I'm a perimeter person. Sorry if you're a row person. It's okay. You'll be all right. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it one day. <laughs> but, but, but there's there's those moments where it's like you know when we're in the pool we're having a good time playing. You know, we're playing golf, we're playing basketball, that's fun, but when it's time to work, then I'm requiring and expecting some things. Hasn't changed my love. I'm a little stronger in those environments. Some of y'all are used to me in the pastoral role here, and you'd be like, wow, Pastor Jay, you're kind of mean sometimes. And sometimes, some days, my boys think I'm mean in certain elements because there's something that we're trying to get done. There's some expectation. Doesn't change my love and grace to them. And the same way, we've got to see that in in Christ. You see, the reason why he came was because we could not pay the debt that was owed. The offense was infinite. The offense was absolutely infinite. So therefore, the one of infinite value had to pay it. So that's why Christ comes. You see, this example I used, I was sharing with our kids in in, in the back there for for a a Q&A with the youth a couple weeks ago. And I said, you know, if I went down to the junkyard with a key, and you saw the most busted, old, ratty, rusted out car, and I took that key and just went scraping all around the doors. It'd be like, so? (laughs) 
Tires not inflated, no windows. Yeah, oh, someone took the engine out. No one's gonna care. But if right now, after church, pulls up under this awning, a Bugatti. <laughs> and if anybody has one and you wanna take me for a ride, I'm good with that, I'm cool with that. And I take that same key, and I make just a one foot scratch on that. Everybody goes, <gasps> no air. Why value? Let it sink in. So now the one of infinite value has had even the slightest offense against his character. Trust me, it's infinite. Our sin required such payment. And the sufficiency can only be found in Christ. So when the world is looking around saying, oh man, how do we fix all this stuff? Listen, bro, listen, sis, do not offer them your seminar. Don't offer them your book. Don't offer them your nothing but Christ first. You may offer that stuff after, cool. But don't offer anything but Jesus first. Listen to me. If you come to me about marriage, I mean, and we have a few years under our belt, 22, hey. And you come to me about marriage and issues, I'm going to start there. Because the truth of the matter is all we're doing is slapping paint on a rusty building or throwing Band-Aids on somebody who's bleeding to death if we don't deal with that first. Hello? Anybody with me? If we don't deal with the salvation issue first, the fact that we are not walking in the way that God has called us to, and that doesn't mean that we do stuff to get to him. It means that we do some stuff because we are in him. Amen. Doesn't mean that we have to measure up because you won't. You won't. It's because of his love and grace that we speak of that he's made a way for us when we couldn't pay. He paid the debt you couldn't pay. And he didn't know it. You did. And therefore, all sufficiency is found in him. Therefore, everything that you have need of begins in Christ. Second thing, Christ is sufficient for instructing us on how we should live. It's sufficient. How should I live? Foundationally, I go back to the word of God. Don't buy, don't buy the idea that the word isn't quite applicable. You know, I heard, heard a, a philosopher once say that, that at the end of all days, you know, climbing up to the top of the mountain will be all the different knowledgeable people, every science you can imagine, every t big tech person, etc. and they're climbing up to the place of the mountaintop where the secrets of life and the universe are. And at the top, they're gonna find that the theologians were sitting there all along. Not because they were so brilliant, because they figured out, we don't got it, he does. I would do well to submit to what he says and what he has provided. So what does it say here, starting in verse 5? For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Pay special attention to verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, you, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
If these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. You know anybody who's forgotten they were cleansed from their former sins? Sometimes it was some of us. I forgot I was cleansed from those former sins, so then I go back to it thinking that there was something better back there. I forgot that I was cleansed from my former sins, so therefore I kind of slide back into those things rather than saying, I'm moving forward in Christ. Because you see, we're justified by faith, right? That's sufficient salvation work. But then he calls us to live in a certain way because of what he's called us to do and who he's called us to be. So we can't get there by the works, but the works come because we are there in him. Okay? This thing you hear me talk about, being justified by faith and then being sanctified. Sanctification happens in a process in your life. There's a positional sanctification because I'm in him. I'm there. There's nothing I do about that except I received it by faith. But then the long one is progressive sanctification. That means the process that I'm living out through my life. That's where the hard stuff happens. You go back to my last sermon when we were talking about the cornerstone, right? You remember? The little line here, when you get to that spot and you'd like to move the fence post over because it'd be easier, you don't. We stay there and we drill down. We stay there until God gets the work done. Because every single builder in this house, you will not get a call from me if you move fence posts around and don't make a straight fence. (laughs) Who wants that fence? Oh, you know, it was easier. We kind of went with the flow and this fence post went here and this one went here because it was easier. We didn't want to dig up the rocks that were there. We didn't want to go through that hard ground that was there. We didn't want to go down to that trench that was there, that ditch, that hill. So, you know, we moved them around a little bit. No, we don't. We continue in what he said as laid out for our lives. In the way in which we're called to live because what? Back to verse three. Again, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Anything you have need of is in Christ. Come on. And anything that is added supplementally needs to submit to Christ. Life principle right there. You can add stuff. Listen, I did not learn in the Bible how to play the guitar and sing. I knew it was good too <laughs> from the Bible, but I didn't learn that. But I can't take that now. This is a message that, 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 that many a young musician and singer has never heard. And it breaks my heart when people get so enamored. That's why I don't get super enamored with gifts, man. I already, I'm self-aware enough to know I ain't the best singer or player out there. There's a million and one people ten times better than me. But if I know that that gift is submitted to the Lord, then I know what it's for. Wherever he calls me. Instead of thinking it's for me. You know, we, th- there was a, a, a couple of musicians that my wife had mentioned, you know, she had her, uh, if you know, uh, you get your grown folks music station on, as some people say. <laughs> hey, it could be R&B, if you like R&B. Or it may be, if you're like my man, Daryl, where's Daryl? Daryl Card, we were out playing golf yesterday, and Daryl had his, uh, his classic rock on there. I'm like, hey, whatever it is, if you got your oldies playing. But we were talking about this musician from back in the day, And I said, you know, the other guy committed suicide. And what brought it on was the fact that they were at this pinnacle. And when they fell, he had nothing but my fame. Because my gift 
was to get this glory when I stood in front of an auditorium or a stadium. And then when that's not there anymore, what do I do? And heartbreakingly, this man took his life. You see, we've got to realize that even the things that we add to our life, whether it be these principles that we're adding or whether it be other things that pertain to our calling, none of it gets to be outside from under him because it's him who's provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. James says it this way, that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, flowing down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no shadow or variation due to change. Man, the word is good. If you just get in it, it won't be that difficult what pastors talk. I mean, you'll have some challenges. Come on. That means going to be trying to keep you out of the word. But man, the word is so good. Stay in it. Stay about it. Because we got to know that this is what he's called us to. So these characteristics, right, are not a prerequisite for salvation, but rather the fruit of salvation. So when we're talking about something like virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, love. They're not the prerequisite because that would mean we could earn our way in. And that's when we get far enough down the road, we cannot begin to think that somehow now I'm clean enough that God accepts me. There was nothing you could do. What does the scripture say? All of our righteousness is like filthy rags to him. So your best stuff that you thought could get you a spot means nothing. You see, like even as we're singing earlier, I'm already loved and chosen. Why? Because of what Christ has done. Not because God just says, hey, any old thing goes. I'm the cosmic Santa Claus. You do whatever you want. Actually, truth be told, they're worse than the cosmic Santa Claus when people preach that because Santa Claus was at least looking at the list, seeing the naughty and nice list. This version of Jesus, they preach, don't care what you do. Which is not truth. It's a falsehood. But you see, we get to a place where we think we know better than God, and then it's, whoa, 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 come on. Daniel, why do you want to talk truth, bro? My truth is a little different than your truth and her truth and whoever's truth. You're so divisive when you start talking that absolutes. Really? What? You sure about I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a tip. You're wrong on that one. And I don't say it arrogantly for me. The confidence we have is not that I have it right, but that he has it right. And truth is not something that we kind of massage and and, and see if that works for us. Truth is revelation that we submit to. When I realize who I was and who he is, My reasonable response. Come on. The reasonable response is to say, Lord, you. And if that's what you say, that's what I'm living out. You know, um, it was such a powerful statement I read. I told you guys I've been in the middle of a Nancy Piercy book the last time I preached. And they're usually about like this big, so it takes you a little while. I mean, her books are like as thick as the Bible sometimes. Um, And this section, she had a testimony about a young man who was struggling with knowing who he was. 
struggling with knowing who he was, and he was back and forth, and he was, do I believe what these people say? Do I believe what this people, these people say? And all that. And he came to this point in his life where he said, you know what? I realize that if this is what God says about me, his plan's better. I might be struggling internally, but I understand that his plan's better. So I'm going to submit to his plan and know that he's going to work in me. Amen. Amen. Because here's the story. Okay? Let me give it to you the way that ESV Study Bible puts a, a, a commentary on this section, and then I have another point for you. Peter exhorts Christians not merely to confess faith in Christ, but actually to live as he taught. He's not saying that works are a prerequisite for salvation, but rather is arguing that faith, faith must take concrete form in life. Faith must take concrete form in life. All the virtues listed in these, virtues, virtue, in these verses are results of faith. Again, all the virtues listed in these verses are results of faith. So knowing who we are in Christ keeps us from falling away from the faith. Our confidence that we know who we are in Christ is where we know we are surely planted. Because when I begin to question and wonder who am I, then what do these people say? What do they say? What does this book say? What does that book say? It's one of the things that I think has robbed us in being, just like I was talking in the beginning of the word, in being in a diverse society. We've been robbed at times because our first identification as believers, now, I'm not worried about an unbeliever right now, I'm speaking to believers. As believers, our first identification is still with our ethnicity. My descriptor, rather than man of God, woman of God, is Gina, the black girl, Dana, the white girl, Melissa, the Cubanita. <laughs> Our first reference of ourselves, rather than in Christ, is I am this. Rather than I am a believer, a child of God, who is this? And it's hard because we have a temporal mindset and then the world affirms said mindset. So rather than have my first affirmation be that I'm in Christ, I'm now concerned with what my ethnic background or my culture says. One of my favorite things over time was just because God knew what I was called to do and the type of person I was called to be. The groups that I was, God gave me the opportunities to walk with and have great relationships with. Man, I would be back in high school and in college. I'd be a like these people look nothing like you and don't even like your music and you don't like their music, but your friends. Yeah. And if that, in a context of just relationship in the world, how much more should it be in our context in the kingdom of God? That those things are not what separate or divide us. Those things are not what define us, but Christ. You know, I, I laugh because my wife and I made a decision years ago um, 
in our kids, and some people thought it was, oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's ignorant. <laughs> it's ignorant to do that. But our, our definitive statement is not that we would define everybody by their ethnic background. But if you needed a descriptor at all, we would just get as close as you can with their skin color. And so my, even two of my little ones the other day were saying, yeah, that, that really brown guy at church, daddy. And the lady was a little lighter brown. Because I, I want them to just see, this is, it's just a matter of physical characteristic. I want you to be able to describe that person far deeper than that especially as a believer. I want you to be able to look deeper at that person and say, who are they in Christ? Not I finished with ethnic background and then all this stuff comes with it. It's heartbreaking when we do that, especially as believers because we shortchange ourselves of the glory which is to be revealed in us. A glory which far supersedes anything of the natural man and goes to the spirit. And so my encouragement for you today is to look at, man, what does the word say in these characteristics and how we're called to live and in the fact that we are found in Christ. And when we're found in him, it's a whole different ball game. I happily sit at a table full of folks who I cannot understand one word you're saying. Did it in China. <laughs> I'm half Chinese too, on top of that. I happy, well, I real happily sit at a table full of Cubans with some good food. Um, or I happen to sit at a table with, with a bunch of Caribbeans who are black like me, but we got a whole different myriad of shades in, in the Caribbean. Y'all know that, even in each country. I'll happily sit at a table full of white people. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not trying to define based on that. I'm not trying to say, oh, we gotta, gotta balance the scales here, man. I was sitting at lunch, man, there was three white people and one black dude. So, did we ask the real question, which is, are we children of God? Did I stop and look at my brother and say, hey, man, when the Lord prompted me, say, hey, man, how's your, how's your life? How, how are you in Jesus? Or was I content to stop and be like that story I told you guys to my friend when he came to Christ radically and asked me after being in school with me for years, I said, man, why didn't you tell me? I'm telling you, you want a dagger through the heart? That was one. Changed my life. He said, man, why didn't you tell me? I would have I listened to you. He said, I saw the way you were living. I saw the life you, you were leading, and there was something different. I would have listened to you. And I thought, and I looked at him, and I said, I just hugged him. I said, brother, forgive me, but I'm so glad you're in the family now. But are we going to ask those questions, the greater questions, and be allied in a greater way to say Christ first. I know who I am. And I love that part in the song. I know who I am because I know what you've spoken. Whoever wrote that line, kudos to them. That's Bible. I know who I am because I know what you've spoken. Not because I went on a deep dive into myself. I know. I went to the mountain that one summer. You went deep inside of me and now I know. Everything that was in me, no, no. Jesus actually said that what defiles us is what comes out from within us. Oh, 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 oh. Jesus, mic drop again, Jesus. Forever mic drop, just leave the mic on the ground, Jesus. 
always mic drop moments from Jesus. I mean, when you're the word of God, come on. Yeah, there you go. But literally, so we then accept that idea, like I got to dig within and then I'll find out who I really am based on how I'm feeling. Oh my God, how I'm feeling. Feeling. (laughs) Can I be honest? Feelings? I would call up my boys and be playing golf right now, okay? (laughs) You're like, oh, I love y'all, but golf's really fun. You go, feelings? But I said no. I said no to feelings a long time ago. And continually, because I'm like you. (laughs) We got to go back over and over and repeat and say, you know what? Let me be reminded, which we're going to get to in the next section here in the last point. I need to be reminded of these things. Because if not, then I get short-sighted. And I forget because the world is around me and it can be overwhelming. But what I gotta do is trust, oh, I lost it, there it goes, oh well. But what I gotta do is trust that this word is sufficient. Let's go to this last point. Christ is sufficient to help us to continue in faithfulness. To help us to continue in faithfulness. Verse 10 through 12 says this, therefore, brothers, you ready? Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you'll never fall. You'll never fall. Now, let me clarify, when you read that text right there, you'll never fall doesn't mean that you'll never have a mistake, never have a sin. Everybody's like, amen, hallelujah for that. Because all you got to do is go back a few hours for some of us. Be real. There's a sufficient work of salvation for that already. But we won't fall away from him. Meaning we won't stop walking with him. We won't turn our face away and say, you know what? I used to walk with Jesus, but now, you know, I'm good. You know, I was heartbroken to look at this one pastor's son who is now amongst those who lead in this deconstructionist movement of deconstructing your Christianity to to find out real truth. Again, to take that deep dive into yourself to find some other kind of truth. And his statement was this, which absolutely just ripped me when he said it. He said, why would I worship a God like that when I could imagine a better one? I, uh, I literally... And let me help you too. As believers, let's remain strong in our heart of compassion because here's what we do need your like, That guy's an idiot. <laughs> but the truth be told, let's stop and be compassionate to say, oh my God. That's an eternal wait. Not just this guy's an idiot, he made a dumb decision, but this guy has chosen, I will refuse the Lord of glory, the only one who provides a sufficient way of salvation for me to be justified with God and walk in eternity with him. The only way, I'm going to reject that and say I got a better idea. That is absolutely eternally heartbreaking and has an eternal consequence. So let's realize that when we see this and be reminded, man, we have got to realize that we can be grateful that our calling and election can be sure and that we won't fall away as we continue with him. Why? Because Christ is sufficient. Verse 11, for in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. Verse 12, real key right here. 
I intend to always remind you, I'm taking a note from Peter, and I know that's the note that Pastor George and every other pastor takes, every other minister, every other leader, and I pray right now and prophesy that that will be the line they take. Even though you know them and they're establishing the truth, I take it upon myself right now to remind you of these things. Because sometimes we can kind of get off track, but I need to be reminded of the most important things. Because that's the only way that I'll continue in them. I can't be sidetracked in these things. I've said this a few times, but as I see Justin sitting down right here on the front row, Justin takes his guys through stuff they already know a lot. Because he knows if they just say, yep, got that. My three was hot last week, got that. My free throws are good, got that. Lay up, got that. Reverse, if you got one, air reverse there, got that. Coach, let's go to Sonny's. We'll wait till game day next week. No. He takes them back through the same stuff that they got when they were the little guy's age. The same stuff he's going over with little guys at camp. It's the same stuff one day, hey, you make it to the NBA, Justin, just give us props, bro. Send a tie check. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm messing with y'all. <laughs> no. But, 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 it'll be, but it'll be the same thing. Going back, again, again. Because we need to be reminded. We need to continue to affirm those things which are in our lives because we continue in them. John 8 says it this way, if you continue in my word, you're really my disciples, you're true disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you continue in my word, but if you don't, you're drawn back to where you were, not remembering that you have been cleansed from your former sins, as the scripture says here. So we continue in them because that's how we know, just like we had that point just a minute ago. Knowing who we are in Christ keeps us from falling away from the faith. Knowing who we are and who we are established to be helps us to not make certain decisions. There are some decisions, guys, that are already made for you. They're already made. And not because God is the big tyrant in, in the sky who won't let you have your choice, which is apparently the God right now in our culture. Choice, 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 choice. If I can choose this, I can choose whether this baby needs to live, I can choose which gender I am, I can choose who I want to sleep with, I can choose this, I can choose that, I can choose 15 churches in a year, I can choose. Come on, come on. We don't know. I mean, come on, I don't expect you to amen me a whole lot because there's real stuff right there. But everything's a choice because we're so used to it now, man. I pull up to Chick-fil-A. Hey, get my app out. What do I want? Mm, I don't even have to get in the line to order. I've already ordered on the mobile app. Choice, choice. Yep, hit the button twice, get two Chick-fil-A sauces. Everyone, you can't put more than two sauces on your items. You guys know that? Yeah, I see Ken knows. Me and Ken, we're, we're higher level members on the app. And, but we're so used to everything is our choice, 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 that we forget there's some things that are predetermined because if I'm in Christ, this is how it goes. If I'm in Christ, this is what I choose. If I'm in Christ, this is the step I take. If I'm in Christ, this is who he's called me to be. That's why there's great joy, peace, and rest in it because he takes some of these things away that we actually don't make the best decision on. Come on, let's be honest, people. Do you really think we make the best decision? If I had the person, which you do, who has all of the information to tell you which decision is best, 
I'm going to go with that's who you should pick. I'm just saying. Somebody who has all the information about every molecule. Like science, when you look, I was watching one of those programs, you know, David Attenborough programs. The guy who has like a lifetime gig with the, doing the, the, the voiceovers for the, as the whales swim forward into their future home. <laughs> the natural dance takes place. Right? So you see all that. So this dude, this dude has a lifetime gig, got the voice and everything. But every time I watch one of those, I'm like, oh my God, God, you are on beast mode constantly. Like you, to the minor, most minor detail. I saw these little, I didn't even know these little frogs existed that like fall out of the top of the tree in a certain, it was in the Amazon, I think it was, something like that. They fall down to get away from predators and then they like grab hold of different branches and then like carry themselves down because they got big feet. I was like, what? I'm like, all these details. So I'm gonna go with the person who knows everything. Probably the one you want to holler at for the decision. Rather than thinking, well, in the natural perspective, and based on what people say, I think this might be a good option. You better go back to who knows everything and say, Lord, what do you say about this? God, what do you say about the way we raise our kids? What do you say about marriage? What do you say about the way we're supposed to relate one to another? What do you say about the nations coming together? What do you say about the way the church functions? What do you say about politicians and the way that we interact? Because we have to in some way, even though we get irritated. I used to say every four years, but now it seems like every four minutes. This person, this party, blah, blah, blah. We need to remember that sufficiency for all things is in Christ. No matter what it is, whether you face a challenge, it's in Christ. All you will ever need has been provided in Christ, period. And the problem is we don't believe that sometimes. So I think I need to, rather than say, Jesus has it, I gotta run over here and get a little taste of this. I need to run over here and get some better wisdom on this. You know, some of us could have been saved from some challenges and some pain even since our salvation if we would have said, hold on, what, what did the Lord say? I was sharing with, with a couple of young people the other day some major loss I had back in the whole real estate boom. It boomed for me <laughs> and blew up <laughs> in the negative. And I said, you know, through all of it, what did I do? I went and got wisdom everywhere. I said, but I did not faithfully pray to see, Lord, this is all conventional wisdom, but what do you say? And at the same time, I remember another family who was going through it and everybody who knew them was like, what are you guys doing? The wife said, the Holy Spirit told us to just sell these properties. What, what do you mean you have a treasure trove because the market's booming all that? Oh, how I wish. <laughs> That I was right there next to that sister and brother said, hey, I'm going to do what you guys are doing because you guys are serious about prayer and hearing the Lord. So I'm going to go with you guys on this one. But we learn because 
we got to realize that everything we have need of has been provided in Christ. Even if it doesn't look the way you think it should look, even though it's opposed by others, and even sometimes yourself. I will trust your sufficiency, Lord Jesus. I will trust that this is the, this is the answer you have? Okay, we're going with that one. We're going with that one. Anything that we need must be in alignment with the Word of God and be in, the, in subjection to Christ. Anything we need. Anything we need. That's why we... Turn that up a little bit, man. Wes, turn that up a little bit. You know, it's interesting, even as I stand here and think about this. This is my... For those of you who don't know, this is my brother. This is my younger brother. Not, not from another brother, from the same brother. Um, he has a little less hair than mine. He always says because his head's so pretty that I couldn't handle it. Because so. y'all don't want me to shave my head. If I ever start going bald, we're gonna, you're going to see me start wearing scullies all the time. Um, but I remember back when we were kids and, and, and mom had us playing piano. You know, because it was like, you had to at least get to a certain level to even eat in my house. You had to learn. Like, and I remember my mom went back when he was playing ball. We all played ball growing up, and he was, he, he was in football and basketball like I was. And he, my mom went to the coach and was like, on these days, he's going to leave early because he has piano lessons. If you want him to play on your team, that's what he's going to be doing. <laughs> and you know what the response was? Yes, ma'am. You want my boy to play? He's going to do that. And today, as part of the gift and the talent that he operates in, he's thankful that even though some days he was like, man, I could be at the gym shooting threes. I could be catching passes on the football field. My mom saw. You know what I'm saying? And so now, even in the process, it's such an example because you're going through it and you think, oh, yeah, I'd rather do it this way. I'd rather have that. But when this brother sits down at a grand piano, he's like, thank you, mama. Mama, you know I love you. That's why we can say it. We say it. Jaira, you are enough. Come on, stand with us. Sing us one more time. Jaira, you are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance. Because you are Jaira, you are enough. Say it again, Jaira. bow your head. I want to speak to anybody who has not yet realized that first point we spoke of, that Christ is sufficient for salvation, that you need to know Jesus. If you're online today, watching now or, 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 or in the future, and you see this, I'm going to ask you, if you have not yet committed your life to Him, 
He is here. And He is the only sufficiency for your salvation. If you need to know God today, we're going to pray together in a moment. And I want to ask you just to lift your hands and just receive the work that was done for you. Lord Jesus, go ahead and pray with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made that paid for my sin debt. I thank you, Lord, that you've made a way of salvation for me to know God and have my sins forgiven. I declare that I choose you and what you have for my life. And I declare you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and I receive it in your name. Amen. Come on, give him a praise. If, if that's you today, again, we encourage you. You can look up here on the screen. If you prayed to receive Jesus, email us. We would love to connect you. It's been exciting. We've had a few people respond to the gospel. We even had some come in who were reached on the street, brought in the last couple weeks, who were helping to disciple and get plugged in to what God has for them. And so I encourage you, don't take the normal American thought process, which we have, which is I go home and I'm isolated and I keep my business to me, you keep your business to you. Come and receive. There are powerful men and women of God throughout this auditorium who can help you walk out what God's called you to walk out. There are powerful men and women of God who lead connect groups in this church who will connect with you and help you walk through the things that you're called to walk through. Lick, link arms with you so that you can walk in who God's called you to be. And when you're struggling, we'll be there with you as a brother or sister in the faith. So I encourage you, don't do it alone. So receive the family of God. I love you. I bless you guys. Have a great day and thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.